welcome to Make Change Fun and Easy with your happiness expert, Samia Bano. This is the podcast to help change makers, coaches, trainers, and healers break your chains of fear so you can create the impact and income you desire with fun and ease. Please make sure you subscribe to enjoy every episode. This podcast is sponsored by the Happiness 101 program. Hello, salam, shalom, namaste, satsrikal, aloha, hola, ciao, bonjour, buna, and privyet. It's so good to be with you again, and I know you'll be so happy joining us today because we have a very special guest. It's my good friend, Olivia Gong. She is a spiritual healer and life coach, and I'm so happy to have you with us, Olivia. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Samia. Hi, everyone. 大家好. Thank you for having me on your podcast. It's such an honor. Oh, it's my absolute happiness to have you with us. And will you tell us more, Olivia, about who you are and what you do? Of course. So uh, my name is Olivia Gong. I grew up in China uh, in a relatively uh, poor family, even though I did not feel poor, like a lack of any material stuff when I was growing up. But it was pretty poor because the first time, I have showered, was running water, uh, was when I turned 15 and it was at a hotel. (laughs) So on the American standard, it was pretty poor. Um, So I grew up uh, in a pretty confrontational and um, uh, unprotected environment. Um, So I grew up feeling pretty unprotected and unsafe and unloved for the majority of the time. And I've been always searching felt like i'm always searching for something so the first part of my life i thought i'm searching for money in social status because i thought that was the answer for my parents always fighting for the unhappiness the illness in the family and then and then i i i, I had that like true source is so beautiful right it's like true source gave it to me like here, here you go. Here's the money. Here's the social status, right? I was being interviewed by like Chinese TV stations. I was making over half a million dollars a year. Um, but then I was still very unhappy. So I asked myself, like, what is this? Because because when I was staying at the five-star hotel and flying first class internationally, I wasn't really feeling fulfilled. I feel like there's something that's hiding. I wasn't I still wasn't able to be my authentic self. Mm. And I could not bear the silence in the room. Like there always has to be TV on or video on. So I quit my job and I started this spiritual journey. And then I realized that, you know what? We are all unconditionally loved by true source. Mm. And what we What we need to do is just to surrender and let go the negativity that's been built up around our whole being and energetical being. And then the inner self is like an inner sun that's going to shine forth love and healing and light. And when we are in that state, we can manifest the things that we want in life so easily and quickly. 
And and along the journey, I have been uh, trained in NLP certificate, uh, certified, and I learned meridian tapping technique. I read a lot of books, uh, close to 200 books, and I went to all Tony Robbins events. So I'm on a mission that I'm going to use everything I learned. And uh, frankly, the journey of my whole life is prepare, preparing me for doing what I do right now, which is to use everything I learned to help other people to heal from their own trauma or phobia or anything, or even like sickness. So this is my journey. I'm sorry for the long answer, but I'm very passionate for, for, for what I do. Yes. No. And thank you so much for sharing that journey. I really appreciate it because there's so much wisdom uh, that we can gain from hearing that, that uh, journey that you took. I mean, you're certainly not alone in your experience of, uh, you know, believing like you did in the early part of your life that, ah, if I have wealth, if I have status, then that will fix the problems that I have in my life. That is what will make me happy. That is such a common belief. And that is something that is, you know, driving so many people in how they live their life only to find as you found also in your life that once you have the uh, wealth and you have the status but if you don't um it's not enough and it's not um it's not the true um basis of our happiness and our peace and being able to live a good good life Yeah, absolutely. Because when when I used to think that the money was the answer, the social status was the answer, or you know having a man, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, a man should solve everything. As long as I'm in love, that should solve everything. But that's not true because those well, money is a great thing. I'm not against like making money, having abund- abundance, right? That's everybody. Everybody deserves that. I'm not against that. But it's it's our attachment to money, like our like our self worth, our happiness. If we are t- attached, then that does not really solve the problem. And also, social status is not a bad thing. You know, being loved by people, being recognized by people—that's a beautiful thing. But that does not determine our own self worth and our own internal world. Right, right, yes, exactly. And you know, um, I have uh, learned this from many of my teachers, um, but I'm thinking of one in particular um, who says, you know, that the money, the social status, etc., these things are all results that you produce in your life. Oh, I love that. Yeah, they're they're the results of the way that you think, the way that you act, the way that you feel. And uh, there are many ways that you can think, act and feel that can produce these results of creating money in your life and social status in your life and so forth. Uh, And the thing to realize as we have been talking 
is that not all of those ways that can produce wealth and social status are also going to support you and your ability to be actually truly happy and at peace with yourself and so you want to <laughs> really think about how you're going to want to act and think and feel so that you can have all the money and social status you want like you said they're not bad things but to do it in a way that you can also be happy and also be well and uh, just feel loved uh, and truly um, just uh, be able to love in your life. I love that. I love that. I was actually literally writing it down on my uh, gratitude journaling last night. I wrote down that just serve and make real differences in people's life. Just contribute it. Just contribute to them. And then the material stuff is a side effect of that that's gonna chase after you it's gonna naturally come it's kind of like this uh, push versus pull uh, differences right like when I was I have a lot of people who have like in a similar status too like when I was in the past when I had my corporate job I did not realize that I had this belief system that poverty equals death mm -hmm. so I want to do everything I, I can to gain wealth at all costs. So it costed me precious time with my baby when he was only like four months old, I started traveling and it costed me health. I was often sick and I had low energy and it did so much harm to my marriage. So I was pushing, Yeah, I was pushing so the, the pushing behind it was my negative belief that if I don't make money, I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. If I die, that means I'm, my son is gonna have a motherless life. So that's, that's like being pushed by a nightmare. Right. And it was so negative, but I did not know there's a different way. I did not know there's a better way, easier way, happier way. Yeah. I just feel like, oh, I have this is because I fear of not having it. Yeah. But that's completely not true. I have it is because it's not because of my fear, it's in spite of the fear. Mm. So, but being pulled is like if, if I do like I do what I do right now, I love doing what I do. Like I love helping people. Like last time when I was in a session with um, my client and we were doing this meridian tapping uh, thing and then all of a sudden she was releasing a childhood trauma and then she all of a sudden she realized she said oh my god Olivia I am mad at God and I had like goosebumps coming out because because how beautiful that she can realize that and then we can release that we can let go of that and then you know she came out by the end of the session she came out in a place that, that of course she was not mad at god anymore and she was grateful for everything that she was giving so by doing what i do like this way i feel like pulled like the work doesn't feel like an effort anymore and I just want to send the world, the, the words out that if you feel like 
you're in stuck you you have to push while at work you have to push yourself like driven driven by fear i mean don't be too, first of all don't be too hard on yourself that's the way we were programmed to be right but secondly there is another way a way better way a kinder way yeah yeah tell me more about that better kinder way because you know one of the things that i really love about you is your uh focus on how love heals and uh, oh my gosh just the idea of love heals that you incorporate in everything that you teach it's just so profound uh, tell me more Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode. Hope you're getting value out of it. For your information, this episode has been sponsored by the Happiness 101 program. Are you a change maker, coach, trainer, or healer? Are chains of fear holding you back from making the impact and income you desire? Using a unique combination of positive psychology and the spiritual wisdom of our most effective change makers, the Happiness 101 program helps you break through your limiting beliefs and manifest the abundance and success you desire with fun and ease. Interested? Book a free Happiness 101 exploration call with me, your happiness expert, Samia Vano. Just use my online calendar link in the show notes. Now back to the show. Thank you so much for asking that question. So I am starting a movement. It's called Love Heals. So I believe that it's the universal truth that love heals like unconditional love not romantic love um it's the divine love heals everything i believe a lot of um suffering from being a human is us not accept us being a human does that make sense like we yeah we judge ourselves we criticize ourselves we compare ourselves to other people and um all those things were, were, were a lot of, of them were from programming from a young age so it is you know a lot of um a lot of studies were done on this subject the majority of our belief systems and rules were installed in us before age of seven so at that age we didn't really have a choice to say that, you know, I don't want this belief. It's going to make me miserable later in life. No, we did not have that choice. Like, for example, my uh, when I was growing up, the society, my parents, people around me were programming me to believe that a woman's worth equals to her sexual purity. I did not have a chance to reject that belief. And most and most of us, we, we, we didn't. We let that programming run our life. And then later on, a, a lot of programming become even unconscious, but they make decisions for us. Like we are not at choice. 
So when love shines in, instead of judging ourselves, making ourselves wrong, making ourselves less worthy, it's like see the innocence in our being. Like it's that innocence that allowed the programming to be installed, right? Like we're not stupid, we're not unworthy, we're not angry. We just did not have a choice, and we're just innocent. So let that love take all of them away. Like one of the things that, like most spiritual, one of the things like. The avatars teach one in common is letting go, surrender. It is just let the love shine through, and just let go of all that. So that's that's why I started the movement that love heals. So start with unconditionally loving ourselves, love our human part, the human part, the the human, the ego that wants to survive. And it's filled with fear and pride. Yeah. Wow.、Uh, yeah. You know, I I find that this idea of unconditional love, people don't realize. I didn't realize for so long in my life just how critical it is, because you can be actually receiving love in your life, but. If it's not unconditional love, it's somehow not enough. You know how I came to realize this was,、uh, you know, I'm a survivor of child sexual abuse, and so I really struggled with、um, receiving love and giving love、uh, growing up, and.、Um, Like thankfully, in my case, different, a little bit different from your story. I grew up in a very protected family.、Um, you know, like my mom, my dad, my brother, sister. Very, very loving, and I was always conscious of the fact that they loved me. They took. Care of me in all kinds of ways. Did everything they could to protect me,、um, and yet I found that not enough.、Uh, you know, I I I have like so many memories of just you know feeling so alone, even though I was surrounded by my wonderful, beautiful, loving family. And the reason for that was because I realized it was this one day I had this experience that just made it so clear for me um, that um, I don't know I don't know what triggered this, um, um, but I remember one day I was just I, I just started like crying I just burst into tears and.、Um, My mom was there, and my mom came, and she immediately like hugged me, and she was like, "What's wrong, Samia? What's wrong? Like, you know, why are you crying?" But I couldn't stay in in her hug, and I literally had to run away from from my mom because I couldn't, I just couldn't bear the um, bear the the loving hug because because 
in, in that moment, I actually became conscious of what was going on in, 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 in my mind and why I felt so alone. And the thought that I became conscious of was, I don't deserve this love. And more than even deserve this love, I, I, I thought consciously the first time, I think, as far as I can remember, that if my mother knew the truth about me, because I never told my mother, um, uh, like at that time, certainly she didn't know about my having survived the abuse. And, and you know, I, I, if she, I, and I said, you know, I, I was thinking if my mother knew the truth about what I had experienced and the darkness that that created inside of me, she would not be able to love me. And so that thought of, she loves me now, but it's not the real me. You know, she loves some image of me, you know, that uh, I uh, that I'm projecting out. But if she knew the real me, she wouldn't be able to love me because I'm not worthy of being loved. I don't deserve to be loved, but the real me doesn't deserve to be loved. And that was just such a crushing thing to think and to to realize um and at that time that was like all that i could think um it was like later that i realized that what i really need i'm going to be able to be happy is for for like for someone to love me they, they have to know about this darkness inside of me and what I've been through. And then if they can still love me, then I know it's real love. Like that, that I, that I, that, you know, that I somehow, uh, you know, then I can believe that, yes, you know, they actually love me because, uh, yeah. So it's like, I needed that unconditional love. I, I needed to, to get, to be loved with all of my darkness mm-hmm. known and acknowledged. And that was the problem, you know, that I've realized that. So even now to this day, you know, um, this is one of the, the biggest problems that I find in my culture where, you know, like you shared, Olivia, earlier that you were raised with the belief of a woman's worth is connected to her sexual purity. We have beliefs like that in my culture too. And and because of these beliefs, when something happens, for example, like if you're sexually assaulted or sexually abused, um, either you don't talk about it, or even if you tell somebody, even if you're telling the people that you love, oftentimes the reaction is, no, 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 shh, you mustn't talk about this. You mustn't talk about this. And that is just so destructive and harmful, um, you know, for our ability to heal. Uh, Because it teaches us such a bad lesson, you know, and um, it teaches us that we don't deserve to be unconditionally loved. And, you know, what is that? um, I mean, yeah, so I I have, I'm so with you on we need to be unconditionally loved and um 
how important that is for the healing process. Absolutely, Samia. Thank you for sharing that. That's such a deep story, and I believe you have touched so many hearts. As um, wow, thank you. I, I love what you shared. I, a lot of things popped into my heart while you were while you were sharing. I think one one thing I would love to share is that not that not that I can do it. I I still struggle with it. So. I think when it comes with unconditional love, uh, I'm still learning. Like I'm just really, really new to this. I think one one big thing is that we give first, and then forget about if we receive or not.、Mm-hmm. Um, and another layer is that we cannot really give what we don't have for ourselves.、Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, you know what? When you start to heal, in the beginning, if you start to feel like shit, am I being selfish? Then you probably are on the right path. Because <laughs> a lot of us, a lot of us, have not really taken care of ourselves, right? So give yourself, give ourselves unconditional love first. And it's gonna in the beginning. It's gonna be challenging. It's gonna be slow.、Uh, one one really good way is to surrender. Like if a negative thought came up, like oh, for example, I'm single, right? Like I, I sometimes I see I see men like on the dating app, and I go oh, I don't think I'm good enough for him. And then I would immediately like catch myself and surrender that. End of the day, if I be with him or not, doesn't matter. It's like how I feel about myself, how I love myself, how I hold myself matters, right? So every time when there's a negative thought come up, just surrender and keep surrendering, keep surrendering. And in terms of family, I think that's a really big topic. Like, I believe in incarnation, and then I believe that the families we have are the people who kind of like our soul family, and the people who we have the most amount of karma with. So with them, we feel like the least had choice because there were a lot of like built up、uh, energy around that person. Like me, particularly with my mom, I, I feel like I can be so loving and so forgiving with other people, but she triggers me easily,、uh. less and less now. So I think if if you are on a healing journey, not you, Sammy, I'm talking to your.、Um, Audience, like if you're on a healing journey, you, in the beginning you may want to avoid sharing it with your family members.、Mm-hmm. You know, share with a person that you you think they know how to support you,、yeah. right? Find somebody, like talk to Samia, talk to me. You know, talk to whoever you know around your life that you can trust, that can provide you a sacred space. And the third thing that popped to me is that, you know,、um, the more and more we heal ourselves, we're gonna reach a point that, yes, I'm sharing my deepest story with you. I'm opening my heart for you.、Um, but if you react in a way that is negative or limited, then I still love you,、mm-hmm. and I have compassion for you. 
because that is the programming you are still living under and that must be causing you so much pain and I'm sorry and I love you and I forgive you so I think that would be the path mm. yeah oh my gosh so you just shared so many amazing insights uh, again uh, I, I think one of the things I'd love to dig deeper you just reminded me of another like really interesting belief that I used to hold um, and I think it's something that I learned definitely from our cultural context because you know like in my culture um, I'm talking about being from India and Pakistan and you know I actually uh, for the first 18 years of my life um, you know I was living I was moving around but it was in Asia different parts of Asia and pretty much for most of that time you know um, whether it was um, we were living in India or Pakistan we were living in joint family and you know that's the traditional way that you know our culture is that you know you you live in joint family which means you have like multiple generations you have like i in my family we had my grandparents my aunts uncles cousins my family all living together and um you know our, our culture as a whole is very very family oriented like i don't even remember for as long as i lived in India and Pakistan having any real friends outside of my family like I went to school but I went to school and I was still surrounded by my cousins my brother sister and I you know and I hung out with them at school most of the time came home I was still hanging out with them like my family was pretty much my world and um you know, we get instilled with these beliefs like, yes, we have drama in the family, problems in the family, but you do whatever it takes to figure all that out and, and get along with each other because you're family and, you know, you, you're with your family forever. And um, the idea of going to somebody outside of your family especially to talk about problems that you're having in your family was like considered a big no-no because to talk about your family's dirty laundry as it were to outsiders it's like you're violating the, the trust um uh, you know and the just uh you know it's like yeah you don't you don't reveal your dirty laundry to outsiders so uh, when it comes to, you know, like seeking help, like for me, I couldn't see a way for me to get help because I was too scared and ashamed to tell anyone in my family about what had happened to me. And so like, and I was desperate for help because I couldn't figure out how to help myself. Um, but where could I go like I literally like couldn't figure it out because I I had this such firm belief that um it, you know like you 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 can only ask for help from your family but there are these kinds of situations when 
that's the hardest thing to do. So, oh my gosh, like all of these beliefs that we hold, they're like such limiting beliefs and then they, they, they prevent our, our ability to heal. Do you have any tips or strategy for how you help your clients become more aware of their limiting beliefs or when you become aware, how you let it go? Absolutely. There are a lot. Thank you for sharing that, Samia. Uh, you're so adorable. <laughs> so you, um, what you said is very similar in my culture too, because, you know, a family is a tribe, right? Like if you, there's dirty laundry, we're going to keep it inside, right? If, if it's going to rot in here, it doesn't matter. Like you don't talk to anybody outside of our circle, right? <laughs> so very uh very similar i can totally relate to what you're talking about so there are first of all belief systems are not all bad we have very powerful ones right like um believe that for example i believe that being a parent is keeping my son safe being a parent is about being unconditionally loving to my children being a parent is about not pushing him to do anything or being a wife is about, you know, provide a warm atmosphere for the family, right? We have all sorts of positive beliefs too. So one thing, when you realize there is a belief there, potentially there is a belief system there, you can ask yourself, is this makes me happier or makes me angry? Is it make me more feel more empowered or powerless? Does it make me feel free or does it make me feel trapped or stuck, right? And then you go from, oh, is this some belief system I want to release? Or this is something that's really good. Like I want to strengthen it. I'm keeping it, right? So that's the first thing. The second thing is there are techniques that we can find out what beliefs we have, particularly about love and money and relationships. So I, I learned it from Dr. Uh, Tashna um, just a, a couple weeks ago. It's a very powerful tool. So basically you, 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 you lay out a few pieces of paper, blank paper, and you write down when you were growing up, how does dad treat mom money-wise? And, and, and you divide the paper into two. One side is positive, one side is negative, and you write it down. And on another paper, you write down how was mom to dad? And how was that to me? How was mom to me? So you write down money and how they treated you and how they treated each other. That's our blueprint, believe it or not. Like that, that's very powerful work because I used to think, like Tony Robbins teaches this, you either become a warning or become an example, right? Especially for your children. So I have thought that my parents' relationship and the way they dealt with money was a warning sign because I'm, I don't want that. Because when I was growing up, they would wave like knives at each other and threaten to kill each other. And I was like four or five and I was terrified. I thought everybody is gonna die today. So that was a warning sign for me, right? But when I did that exercise, how my mom and my dad, like their own marriage, I realized that the way my dad made my mom felt 
when they were married, I felt exactly the same way when I was married to my ex-husband. So I I might have adapted different behavior patterns, right? Like I I chose uh, not to yell at my partner. I chose not to humiliate him. I chose not to criticize him. But deep down, I still believe love and life, like marriage means that I cannot trust him financially Mm. or that he's not going to provide for me. You know, so the way I felt like I'm provided for, I'm protected, I'm supported, which not necessarily true, but that's how I felt, was very, very similar to how my mom felt when she was married. Mm-hmm. So by doing that exercise, you can really discover like what dysfunctional beliefs that you have. And that's one. Another thing is that to discover dysfunctional belief is that think about Wait, what area in life you are extremely unhappy with? What stress you out the most? What triggers you the most? Is it money, career, health, relationship, parenting, friendship? What triggers you the most? You can dig into there and find out, like, for example, if it's, if it's a relationship, right? When was the last time I had a fight with my ex, with my husband? Oh, yes. I get a haircut and it was such a huge change. He didn't even look at me. So what do you believe that what has to happen in order for you to feel loved by your husband? Right? If you you feel like my husband has to notice everything about me when I make any changes in order for me to feel loved, then honey, it's going to be very hard for you to feel loved because men are different, right? It seems small, but it compounds. So that's why. And also belief systems are also, they're not like invisible in a way. They have energy. Like they are, they actually stop our measures, you know, they, they, they have frequency. Yeah. So it can be released. But you cannot really think yourself to to release. That's why, like I kind of combines everything. Like you have to be in your heart to let go and release and be healed. Mm. Yeah, that's my that's my belief, anyways. Ah, <laughs> oh, I'm with you on it. Tell me more about your idea of the heart because you know a lot of people will use like the language of follow your heart and. Uh, do what your heart says you know those kinds of things but uh, most people I find that um, they don't really have an understanding of what our heart really is how do you when you think and talk about your heart what are you actually uh, talking about (laughs) that's a great question (laughs) I will do my best to answer this question uh, it's just my understanding. So I'm constantly learning too. So what I believe now is that, uh, so I have a program, it's called Seven Steps to Heal. Sexual trauma, but actually you use the seven steps to heal any trauma. Um, so the first step is head versus heart. So the head, you know, um, Don Miguel talks a lot about the head versus heart in his books. So he teaches that, the head is where our thinking mind 
and and there is where the judge lives. Like there, there's a judge living every one of us, and the judge lives by our belief systems and our rules, and constantly telling us what we're doing wrong, what should we be afraid of, who should we criticize, how are we judging? Like it's the the. the the purpose of the hat is to is, is where the ego is. Honestly, it just makes sure our survival, and it has zero interest in our own happiness or other people's happiness. So, in the head, wait, like Tony Robbins said, when we're in your head, you're dead. <laughs> and then you know he, he talks about you know we need to get beaten our heart. So, my heart. My understanding is not the spiritual heart, but the it's not the physical heart, it's the spiritual heart. We need to be in the spiritual heart. The heart is where the spark of true source resides. It's our part of our true self. And here is kind of like this, I was talking about this, is like this inner sun that is unlimited, that is always like connected with unlimited of love and energy and healing and light and um, it's through our spiritual heart that we're connected with true source and the, the more we're willing the more the more trusting we are the more loving we are the more unattached we are the more open we are like the more intuitive we're gonna get like that's what people talk about gut feeling right that place like mm-mm doesn't feel right like this decision this job offer ooh, just doesn't feel right that's our gut feeling not from a logical like analysis so that's the heart a lot of people actually like don't overcomplicate it it's very simple like we all have felt moments of being in the heart like the moment when you find like savor some food that just tastes so good the moment when you see this most beautiful sunlight, the moment when you dance and you shake your ass like you just don't care, <laughs> and like the moment when you sing in the shower, or the moment when you see the person who you love the most, for example, like my son, like every time I see him walking towards me, my heart just, mm, just melts, you know? Um, so we all have experienced it. So that's where the true healing is gonna come from, is us being, our heart being opened and being connected to true source. Uh, oh, Olivia, uh, you just keep dropping all these amazing pearls of wisdom that I wanna dig deeper and deeper into. <laughs> and we're running out of time for today. So we'll just have to bring you back another time so we can keep talking. I would love to be back. Do you have any last uh, thoughts or words that you'd like to share with our listeners for now? Um, it's hard to pick just one because there's there's a lot that I want to share. Mm, but I think what's what I want to share in the moment mm, that my heart calls for is that I feel that I'm very humbled to be here, um, that I don't pretend I have all the answers. I just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a heart and soul that in the spirit that has been through some trauma in this lifetime. 
and uh, ha I've been blessed with a lot of teaching, a lot of mentors, a lot of tools to help me to heal that trauma. And I is is in alignment with my heart and soul and spirit to put together everything that I have learned that have worked out for me and um, my clients. And I just want to spread it out. And um, and it is from my heart. And uh, I just uh, want to send this message for, for everyone that just be in alignment with the heart, just be in alignment with love, unconditional love. And, um, and heal will come and believe in yourself. Believe that you are not limited to any sickness. You're not limited to how other people think of you. You are not limited to what happened to you. You're not limited to your mind. You're not even limited to your body. You are um, an infinite being, a divine being. And uh, what you can do is unlimited and just trust that. Thank you so much for that, Olivia. And um, just as a last reminder to you, our dear listener, um, please check the show notes because we're going to be dropping Olivia's links in there so you can connect with her. I'll also drop my links in there so you can connect with me whenever you're ready for help and support and some unconditional love in your life because that is what um, Olivia is practicing, giving and receiving unconditional love. And I just love that about you. Thank you again so much, Olivia. And Thank you for having me. Samia. Yeah. We'll connect again soon. Yes.